Welcome to the Minnesota Beardcast. We are live at the Republic for Imperial Black Friday. Very excited. Love this event. Absolutely. One of my favorite yearly events. Yeah, this is the uh, the first year for Imperial Black Friday at Republic. Uh, previous years, we've always had it at SW Craft Bar and Senior Wong. Uh, rest in peace, uh, SW Craft Bar. So it's a bummer to lose a place like that, but it's nice for Imperial Black Friday to have a new home here at Republic. I am Drew. This is my co-host, Schmitty. Do hey, the proper hey. introductions. This is, uh, Minnesota Beercast is live every week on Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and uh, available via podcast anytime on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And as long as we're doing introductions, we've got John from Indeed Brewing joining us. How are you doing, John? Howdy. Great. How and are you guys doing? And we've got Sarah from Bent Paddle. Hello. Friend of the show. Everybody's a friend of the show. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about big black imperial beers. We've got a list 40 long. What did you guys order today? Uh, I am drinking a uh, beer from my alma mater at Hammerheart. Flannery's brew aged in bourbon barrels. Very nice. Sarah, you've got a whole flight in front of you. Uh, Yeah, well... When you come to one of these, right, you can't just order one. If flights are available, you kind of got to take advantage. Um, so I've got a Goose Island's uh, coffee stout. Uh, the dogfish head. Oh, man, so many dogfish. The vanilla worldwide stout. And then I've got uh, Modest Lord Humongous, super awesome imperial rye stout. And then uh, finishing it off with one of my favorite breweries, Hammerheart Olaf the Stout Bourbon Barrel Aged. Very nice. I ordered myself the uh, the 2013 Rum King. And Drew, I'm trying to remember, what I, what did I order for Drew when we were sitting I don't know. You just brought you something and put it in front of me, and it's delicious. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I like it. I don't know. With a lineup like this, who can remember what we're ordering yeah. or drinking? Yeah. Can you really go wrong, though, with this list? I mean, you look well, at this... You look at this list of amazing uh, black uh, imperial, uh, giant imperial stouts, and I mean, there's nothing on there I don't want to try. Yeah, I mean, just going down the list, we got Ale Smith, Ballast Point, Bells, Bent Paddle, Boulevard, Central Waters, Dogfish Head, Evil Twin, Fair State, Founders, Fulton, Goose Island occupies five different lines, Great Divide, Hammerheart, uh, of course, Indeed, Lift Ridge, Lupulin, Modest, North Coast, Perennial, Prairie Artisanal. And the list goes on and on. It does. So quite quite the event here. It's both today. impressive and intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> Some of well, these I remember from my own little corner when I was back here. So it's nice to see that they they saved. Right. And still existed. Yeah, you've got a little little history here, don't you, Sarah? Only a little. <laughs> the uh, man. What do you? How do you guys decide when you've got a list forty deep? what it is you want to order. Is it just stuff you haven't had before? Is it flavors you want to get to know? Me, personally, I wanted to check out what the brewery I used to work for was up to how the beer has progressed. Um, it's great. Uh, other than that, I usually look for um, kind of silly with this sort of a lineup, but less is more. Yeah. Sometimes I like to uh, go for just the straight Imperial Stouts without a barrel and then kind of work my way towards different types of barrels. So do you guys think the... The barrels, in in some ways, are like hops. Do they do they hide any character flaws, maybe in some of these beers, or yeah. or do they only enhance? They can do both, very much so. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? I mean, it's nice to have the unadulterated 
uh, you know, Imperial Stout just to evaluate that beer for what it is without that barrel character. But barrels are such a such a huge presence now, especially in the Imperial Stout world, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's actually getting harder. What I've noticed, it's harder to find an, an unbarreled Imperial Stout uh, yeah. these days. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for me personally, I just... I, I would sh- I shy away from the barrels, uh, the barrel yeah. age. I like the, the t- taste of beer. I like the taste of a good stout. I like the taste of, of a good porter. Not that I dislike the barrel aging, but more often than not, for me personally, it seems that barrel characteristic dominates. Yeah, and that's and a lot of times that's all I taste, and I want to taste the beer. Yep. Yep. Well, and I have a question for you guys as industry insiders in the know. How much does the barrel impact the the price of a beer? Is sometimes it an excuse significantly? To mark up? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, barrels come in all kinds of different price ranges. Um, I can you know speak for a rum king. Rum barrels are not cheap, <laughs> and they're notoriously difficult to work with. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely and you know real estate. Right there, like yeah, sitting it in a say, barrel for like, that long. You you have to have that space, so you have to sit on a space and sit on product that you have yep. uh, for a year or so. So you're still paying rent on that space. You've made the beer, you paid for the labor to brew the beer. Not not like let alone the cost of brewing the beer and the barrels itself. So the yeah. the the real estate is definitely something that increases that price. And a lot of people, I think, forget about that because you have to pay. Mm-hmm rent or whatever on a space for a really long yeah. period you, of time. How do you quantify that cost when you're... People when you're want it. I'm sorry? How do you quantify it? Yeah, I mean, like, oh. how do you... Like, if you're, if you're barrel-aging some beer, how do... What's the, what's the process like? What are the logistics like of determining <laughs> the cost of storing that beer in that space for that you know, amount of time? I, I think... Is there a formula? I think, I think our owner, Tom, could probably talk your ear off about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um... I'd say just shooting by the hip, just don't plan to make any money. <laughs> well, that was, that was kind of my question, right? So you, you've got beer in barrels sitting in a space where you could have, I mean, a pale ale turned over six times, if not more, right? Absolutely. So you're sacrificing profit on that end, but does the, the profit margin increase on a barrel-aged beer at no. all, or is no. it in line with the rest of the beers? It is razor thin. I mean, if the companies I've worked for in my career, profit margins for barrel-aged beers are definitely much, much smaller than any other you know, then, style out there. Maybe I'll ask a dumb question here, but why do it? Oh, it's a labor of love, my friend, and yeah. the people demand it. Because <laughs> otherwise the villagers will riot. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Can you imagine just, just saying, ah, we're not going to do Rum King next year. Like, what, what would happen then? Well, I mean, and there's some... Our stress levels would go down, but... The, yeah. the competition, <laughs> Mine too, right? Mine, for sure, on the sales side. There's not enough to go around, either. I mean, you, you guys are, are salespeople. I mean, if, if you're not making Rum King, that leaves more room in the marketplace for Bent Paddle to, to occupy that space with, you know, their, their Imperial Stout as well, right? So some of it is, is the things you need to do to be competitive in the marketplace, a la the hazy IPA, maybe, right? 
I mean, I think I think it, it allows some people something to strive for, you know, like uh, it's, a, you know, the end goal. It's the carrot. You support us year round. You do this. And then this is something that we can thank you for. It's definitely not something we're making money off of. Uh, the account makes way more money off of it than we do. Um, but that's awesome. It's, you know, when they when they get their double shot allocation and they sell it for whatever, they're making a ton of money, which is the end goal. So. They support us year-round. They get to have their cake, and then I get to drink it. It's a, it's a pretty nice reward. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, good, yeah. I think it does stem from being a labor of love. You know, if we can grab a couple of bucks here and there, uh, right. so be it. But, you know, there's, there's always a, a percentage of barrel loss that you get, both in volume and in barrels oh, yeah. that just didn't produce a good product. Um, I know one of the things we love to complain about it indeed is we taste every single barrel of rum king and oh, determine if we want it to day. be part oh, of the plan it oh, takes look oh yeah real need to volunteer I'll, you know what i'll take you up on that and in about an hour you're going to want to go home i'm willing to take that risk <laughs> all right yeah. for science i can tell you 2013 is okay it's okay it's okay it'll, it'll pass qc well as someone has consumed many of both of your beers thank you for all the the effort that you put you're into welcome. it. I mean, Thanks for drinking them you know, and talking about them. If you're doing it for the consumer, if you're doing it for your fans, I am one of your fans, and I really appreciate it. I think yeah. you, you guys do a fantastic Don't job. Don't thank me. I, you know, As a brewer, I, I kind of have the some of the more fun parts of the job, making it, tasting it. Um, it's the guys that are hauling empty disgustingly old barrels in and out of the brewery, dealing with cleaning them and um, just barrel management in general. Those are the real heroes that nobody ever the real talks MVP. about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and you guys, the brewer side is what, is what makes us great. And so it always comes back to any award we win, it's because of those guys. And then I sit down and talk to them, and, and we both have different jobs. And, and I am, you know, so thank, thank you so much. I can't, I could never do what you do, and then vice versa. They're like, I don't want to do what you do. So <laughs> I'm happy that you're out there and pushing this in front of people and uh, getting it place so everybody can drink it. Well, I'm going to shoot all the breweries and uh, Republic a big thank you as we head out to this break here. Um, and we're also going to be giving away some tickets here. We'll talk to Mark Opdahl from Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest uh, coming up. Big thanks to those guys. Going to win some free tickets. All you have to do is tag us on social media uh, at MN underscore BeerCast on Twitter and MN BeerCast on Facebook. Uh, we'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Minnesota BeerCast on Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. And we are back at Republic for Imperial Black Friday, an annual event every Black Friday so far. We've been doing the show at least. Yeah, it's been, I think we're going on year six for this event now. Now, you're, you kind of help organize this, don't you? Yeah. Yep. Talk to me about the logistics of getting a lineup like this together. I mean, how long, how much planning does it take? How long in advance do you start planning? I imagine it's it's rather tricky to get this many fantastic, big, giant imperial Patience. stouts all in one place on the same day 
find a place that's you know going to give up their tap lines. I mean, how, this is a, this is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, well, a lot of the credit goes to the venues that we worked with in the past. Uh, of course, Sun over at SW Craft uh, had a big hand in in putting together the tap list in previous years, um, and of course, the buyer here uh, at Republic uh, and previous buyers uh, had a hand in putting together some of these beers. So, you know, the 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 challenges is always getting some of these whales, bro, that you know can come in <laughs> at a decent price point to make them approachable for the consumers, but also have uh, an experience that lives up to the hype. So, you know, I've, I'll throw uh, a wish list at, you know, the buyer and say, hey, here's, here's some awesome stuff that's, I think, you know, would make some of my dreams come true. What what can we do? What well, that's really why we're here. Center, right? <laughs> and and you know, we work back and forth. What's what's available? What's not? You know, what what accounts are going to give you those rewards because you've had them on all year long? And what accounts are going to say, ah, you know what? You haven't uh, you haven't had Central Waters on in two years. We're not going to give you any of that because you you don't have that rewards. Now, of course, Central Waters is on here, but that's just an example of, right. of how some of that process works, right? So a lot of it goes down to relationships and... Relationships and trying to build a diversified portfolio, too. I mean, we've got a huge representation of Minnesota beers in the list, I think more than we've ever had before. I, I, I should note this is by far the most exciting lineup of dark barrel-aged imperial beers I've seen ever. Yeah, yeah it's really cool because there's a lot of things that I never even thought would be on this list, and I'm super stoked to actually get to see them. You know, you expect a lot of the, you know, the Indeed, the Ben Paddle, the Surly, but the Hammerheart, the Modest, like there's some really rad stuff going on on this list that I'm super, super stoked about. Yeah, you can you can pick these beers apart next to each other, too, just like you can any other, you know, beer. There's, there's all kinds of nuances going on and um, doing A, B, C, D comparisons right. on how one brewery, you know, what, what their idea of a barrel-aged stout is compared to another. is um, It's really fascinating to well, take side by side. There's a huge gambit to run within these beers. You know, are there, is it in a barrel? Does it add that character? You know, is it is it dry? Is it sweet? Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of overly sweet uh, imperial stouts. I'm not either. Yeah. I, I mean, but some people, especially I think here in Minnesota, get that idea that imperial stouts are supposed to be that big, sweet. Uh, you know, I think I think darkness might be responsible for that. I mean, that is the. It's probably the most well-known imperial stout oh, here yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah, I agree. And I, agree. I wouldn't be alone in saying that sometimes it can be a bit sweet. Um, and I think that that's the flavor people identify. Which I'm, is I'm the same. I dry yeah. as dry as possible, which is hard to pull off in, in fermentation. In yeah. I, mean. <laughs> I, I mean, I. it's one of the reasons why I love Double Shot Double Black, even before I worked for the brewery, is because it doesn't have that syrupy sweetness. It, that coffee kind of adds that little bitterness to it. The vanilla adds a nice smoothness to it. But it's not overly sweet. Yeah. You know, in Bourbon County, to me, um, and and... When I started drinking beer, which was not that long ago, um, that's what I really dug because I was super used to that sweetness. And it was like, all right, I get it. I can dig on this for sure. And now my palate, like the two of my favorite beers that I've tried today that I hadn't had before were the uh, Hammerheart Olaf Barrel Age Rye yeah. and then the uh, Modest uh, 
um, the Lord, Lord Humongous. 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 Yeah. The, the, the rye adds a totally different characteristic to it, and they're just tasty, man. They're not super sweet. There's a lot going on to them, and they're dangerous because they don't yeah. taste. Like, if the, the barrel-aged beers you get, you're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to get me tanked. These two are deceptive. Oh, and that opens up another kind of interesting discussion, like perceived sweetness in the beer. So you, you brought up rye. Yeah. Um, right. you know, Geek an imperial stout. Tell me about perceived sweetness. Per- perceived sweetness, just like perceived bitterness. You know, you can have an IBU on a beer, but it doesn't mean that, um, you know, every 80 IBU beer is going to taste like it's 80 bittering units. For sure. Um, it's, it's how you use the ingredients. So, like, let's say we, ha- we have a stout with sort of a typical malt bill lineup and typical fermentation. Um, it's going to taste sweet compared to maybe the same beer with um, heavy, like a higher percentage of roasted malts or rye malts in it. Um, and a lot of, I, th- I think that's, I think our consumer base in Minnesota is starting to understand that, um, which is pretty exciting to watch. But that's kind of how I think of perceived so, sweetness. <laughs> have you guys ever stand, stood in line for uh, a rare beer? No. Oh, all right. So it goes back to where I've not been drinking beer for very long, and I got super, <laughs> super excited about these rare beers. So I used to, yes. Um, I've done it twice. Luckily, the lines were only a half an hour long. Um, but now I literally would never stand in line for a beer ever. In yeah. What beer? Ever. It was Bourbon County. Yeah. Well, why do you say it like that? Why do you say it, so it, you say it like that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's, what's wrong with Bourbon uh, there was County? Nothing, no, so there, you know, as my palate has developed, um, and I've learned more about these things, and just my palate has changed. I mean, when I started drinking beer, literally, when I was 28 years old, I'm 34 now. What did okay. you drink before that? A lot of vodka Sparks. and <laughs> miss that Sparks. crap. A four, lot of vodka, some, uh, some twisted tea, perhaps. Ooh, um, <laughs> a connoisseur. Oh yeah, no, that's why I love uh, White Claw so much. I think uh, it just goes. Dude, White Claw's good. Uh, White Claw, I live for it. But uh, I was used to that kind of stuff, and so when when I started uh, drinking beer, I worked at. I mean, I worked at sports bars before this, so I drank. I didn't drink, I guess I should say, the domestic lagers because all of it tasted like soggy saltines to me, and I thought it was gross. So when I started working here, I was like, well, I better figure out what's going on, Uh, (laughs) and then realized that there was a whole giant... The awakening happened. Oh, my goodness. And and I entered with a lot of sours. I was a big red wine drinker, and those kind of appealed to me. And then uh, stouts because of the the, uh, maltiness. The, The malt just appealed to me. Um, and so Bourbon County was just like, oh, my God. Now I work at Republic, and I have access to these things. This is like, Don't need to wait in line anymore. <laughs> no. And, uh, and now, you know, it, it, you know, develop my palate much like I did with wine. Is started, Now I drink IPAs. I'll drink weird, dank stuff. I'll, like, I'm all across the board. But I had to develop that. It's not something that yeah. I, would just, I just tried and was like, this is tasty. That's a good practice is... is you know, drinking the styles that you actually don't like well, and trying to find things and, you know, certain representations of them that you do like, that's been a big 
growth point for me in the last you know, well, it's also five a lot years. easier for you than for most people working at a I bar was, that's got. I was spoiled. Yes, <laughs> I was spoiled. You've got reps coming in every day saying, "Try this." Yeah, I didn't have to go to the liquor store and buy hey, like six packs and try it. <laughs> I just was able to pull a tap and get a one-ounce sample. But you know, the the beer judge certification program helped me learn a lot too because you dissect beer. So you you start from you know the the aroma appearance, like you go all the way down the line and you dissect it. So now you're knowing what you're tasting, what you may not particularly like about this beer, and then you kind of figure it out from there. You brought up a really interesting point, the, the Beer Judge Certification Program. Um, it, for those that are not aware, go ahead and Google it, the BJCP. It's totally judging. worth every single penny if you can get in. It's it's a really amazing program. Uh, how do you feel that program compares to the Cicerone program? I think that's the one that gets a lot of play and a lot of press. But in my mind, having seen both programs, I think there's a lot of merits in the BJCP program. I, I mean, I mean, for me, um, I took it because I was at Republic, and I wanted to know when I was having people like me now, the suppliers and the breweries coming in and sampling beers out with me, whether it was true to style, whether it was you know actually. Not not whether I liked it or didn't like it, but whether it was good. Because I can't just you can't just write a menu for what you like. That's just not going to work out. If that was the case, then we would have had all ciders, stouts, and sours. That's just <laughs> not going to happen. So you have to you know you have to figure out your palate. And so for that reason, the the BJCP course for me was was invaluable. It was a, like it it opened my eyes up to so many different things. Where the Cicerone exam, I think, is very awesome as well. The hard part for me is there's a lot of validity in the Cicerone program. Um, but for me and what I do, um, the BJCP course was enough for me. I would like to take that uh, that exam and become, you know, the the whole, you know, I'm, I'm certified server. Yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a beer server now. Easy right. peasy. You ever work in a beer, you can or work in a bar or whatever, you can pass that class. But uh, I just don't know at this point whether it would be beneficial for me. I already have a great job that I love without having that. The BJCP definitely helped me. Sure. Um, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, especially if you're coming in at that base level. You can grab that knowledge and, and utilize that platform to, I mean, in my mind, the, the BJCP is, is a lot more, um, I don't know what the best way is to describe it, but it seems more scientific based it doesn't seem nearly as um you know i don't i don't want to disparage the cicerone program no but, but <laughs> it's hands-on yeah you're very involved in that program when you take it yeah no I, I just i just think that there's there's value in both and i think that it doesn't have the the pr machine behind it uh that cicerone does and i think that both are, are really really good programs so if you're interested in learning more about beer and you should be if you're listening to this show Go check out the BJCP program. The best course I ever took. It was by far the best thing that I've ever done in this industry for myself. We are running long on this segment. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back after this from Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. All right, welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast, live from Republic, recorded live anyway, yeah. for Imperial Black Friday. <laughs> it always cracks me up when you record it live. I know. Like there's well, another way to record it. There really isn't. <laughs> live to, we're live to tape. <laughs> 
<laughs> As if there's any other way to get to tape. Uh, how about on-site taping? We are doing an on-site taping. On location? That sounds, that sounds lame. That sounds of the Minnesota Beer Cast. Uh, yeah, it's on location. Like, like we're reporting. We got a, uh, we got a packed news. house here for Imperial Black Friday. Oh, Very dude, cool. It's, it's stuffed to the gills. It is. Uh, people are ordering flights. People are going crazy here. Uh, there's some really fun menu items that are uh, happening today. I'm going to order the uh, Imperial Stout Braised Beef Stroganoff after the recording. Are, are you now? I probably should have had it before the recording, but, you know, que sera, sera. I finally figured out what, what you ordered me. It is, yeah. the, it is the bent paddle, uh, the, the double shot. Yeah, I've got great taste. Double shot, double black, one of my favorites. Absolutely. I make sure to pick up a bottle every year. At least one bottle. But we should, uh, At we least should one. reintroduce the table since we're resetting after the break. We got Sarah from Ben Paddle here, of course. Hi, Sarah. Hello. We got John from Indeed. Yo, yo. And we're joined by Mark Opdahl from Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest. How you doing, Mark? Hey, boys. So uh, we decided while you were over there drinking beer that if folks want a chance to win uh, some tickets to the beer fest, they just have to tag us on social media. Yeah. So find us, uh, MN underscore BeerCast on Twitter. Uh, find us on Facebook. Um, one of these days I might start an Instagram account. Okay. But Maybe we tag then, both. Hey, how about they, uh, they tag the BeerCast and they tag Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest? Deal. Is there a Northern Lights Beer Fest Twitter? Yeah. All right. What is it? At Rare Beer Fest. All right. I believe. <laughs> I don't really use Twitter, but I, th- I believe it's at Rare Beer Fest. <laughs> we better, we better so part of the challenge is finding yes, the yes. Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest. Trust me account. and believe it's at Rare Beer Fest, and if it's not, search for it. <laughs> Do you have uh, an Instagram account for the, the Beer Fest? Yeah, I'm going to guess that's at, at Rare Beer Fest also. <laughs> well, you guys know me. I'm not a big social media guy. That's not my thing. Like, I leave that to Juno and, and, and our amazing marketing intern. So, uh, Just to clarify. Everybody who tags both MN underscore BeerCast and whatever At the Rare, Rare Beer, Beer Fest, Fest Twitter Where account is. on the line here. <laughs> ends up being. Well, and these okay, are not just tickets. We should if, clarify. Hey, when, if At Rare Beer Fest actually works, that's enough. If it doesn't, how about, no, how about this? Since I don't necessarily know, how about hashtag Rare Beer Fest all right. and at MinBeerCast. How about MN underscore BeerCast? Yeah. Don't know my hashtag. I'm going to pound sign. Hashtag hey, Opdahl's the face of the company. Yeah, yeah. He's the hair of the company. But that we Juno's have the genius of the company, and he's in Milwaukee, and I don't know. So speaking of the company, speaking of Chopped Liver and Rare Beer Fest, when, when folks do find the Twitter account and tag you, what, what can the winners <laughs> expect at the Rare Beer Fest? Well, I would say it's it's just a unique experience. It's a little bit different than your standard beer fest that you're going to go to, whether it's one of the outstate events that's, you know, 1,500 people with 50 breweries at it, or it's some of the bigger ones in the metro area where it's hundreds of breweries and thousands and thousands of people. This is a more intimate, uh, uh, intimate, more intimate setting, a lot of rare specialty beers. That's the premise of the whole thing. Every brewery brings, there's only 30 breweries, they bring two specialty beers, and uh, they're not beers that you're meant to be able to find every day. Yes, you may be able to find them somewhere here and there, but for the most part, they're very specialty and very uh, unique and rare. Yeah, and we have one-fifteenth of the breweries sitting at this table. We uh, do. Well, actually, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah of course I'm right. So tell us about the beers, if you even haven't picked out yet, you guys are bringing to the Rare Beer Fest. 
I, I, so they don't have to submit their beers till January. Oh, so, so we're, although we're really, we do know we're really a couple of them from some breweries, more of the national brands that have submitted already, uh, the local breweries are kind of waiting because they, they have the unique uh, situation of being able to wait kind of to the last minute and saying, keep testing barrels and going, this is the beer we're going to serve this year because it's perfect right now. I, I can confirm that uh, during our barrel aging uh, or barrel emptying this year for Rum King and a couple of other uh, barrel aged beers, we have set aside single barrel brewers reserves. Uh, I've got a couple kegs right now, uh, uncarbonated, not sure how I'm going to go about using them, but um, Indeed's got a couple of tricks up our sleeves. Uh, I, I do know, too, we like to, especially for a rare beer fest, we really like to feature some of our um, wooden soul beers, some of the harder-to-get ones. There's been a lot of exciting wooden soul beer coming out for us. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Well, they, they've always brought the heat. I mean, Indeed, Ben Paddle, the same way. I mean, you guys have been a part of it for, I think, at least three of the five years, both of yeah. you guys, if not four or five of the years. Um, they always bring the heat. They, these guys... We're very, very lucky in Minnesota to have breweries like Ben Paddle, Indeed, the Surleys, those kind of guys that, that we're very fortunate to have that stuff at an arm's reach. Now, now, Sarah, you don't have to confirm or deny anything, but any ideas on what might show up? Uh, if I had to guess, we've been playing with some variants of Double Shot Double Black, so I'm thinking we'll play around with something like that. Um, we're also giving, getting a seven-barrel pilot system here in our new tap room that's going to be opening up here not too long. Seven-barrel pilot system may or may not be getting installed in the next couple weeks. Uh, and that allows us to do some really, really, really fun, crazy things. And, and it's off-site. So we, you know, off-site of our production brewery allows us to mess with uh, some different little tiny little bugs that we maybe have never messed with before. So... Uh, Maybe some Bretts. Oh. Maybe. I love Brett. He's a good guy. So, <laughs> so well, I'm uh, it's all speculation. Yeah, Brett's dad owns a car. Nothing is concrete, but uh, we do have a space that is offside our production that does allow us to play around and get a little weird. And so I think it's an awesome opportunity, and our brewers are really, really, really amped to play around. And I think this will be an opportunity for us to showcase some of the things that we've been doing. Well, I want to take a little sidebar. You dropped a nugget right in the middle of that, that conversation where you talked about a new tap room coming from Bent Paddle. Oh, my goodness. I have not heard hide nor hair of this. Tell. It was the worst kept secret. <laughs> um, so we are. Well, I still uh, didn't know about it. So I guess seriously, I'm, like yeah, I, I don't, don't have regular the, people. Yeah, I don't use up. the internets very much. Yeah, all right. You got to uh, leave your house to find out about it, Mark. So I if also anybody, have to do that. If somebody, if you've ever been to the Ben Paddle Tap Room, um, it is quite small, uh, and we have it's we cozy. Are, it's cozy. Thank it's you. Cozy. It's warm, cozy. We're all friends. Uh, but uh, we are expanding across the way. Uh, and it is in. we're doing the build-out right now. It's going to be beautiful, almost four times the size of what our space is now. Um, with a patio and games and actually like a really decent size uh, tap room. And then we will also have barrel storage and we will have a seven barrel pilot system in that building, um, which is super, super excited. A lot of our brewers are really amped about doing something like that. I am extremely jealous of that pilot system you're what? putting in, by the no. way. It's <laughs> I've been doing some test brewing at Indeed and we don't 
have a seven barrel pilot system, yeah, but I would but love to have <laughs> <laughs> love to Our brewers are so amped about it. Like yeah. We have a couple of our it's, breweries it's that like are just... It translates to freedom to brewers. They, yeah, you yeah. know, like our valve jockey series is something that's really awesome that allows our yep. brewers to do, like, create their own recipe and Is it going to be like a of... steam-jacketed, like, basically brew pub system? You're asking the wrong person. I have no idea. Yes, sure. it's go. I know I, it's going to be. I'm, I'm a remote sales rep. I live in St. Paul. Uh, I <laughs> so you know everything, right? So I know yeah. everything. Uh, you know, I don't know. But um, I know that the brewers are super excited about it. They're already planning some things kind of once it's all installed. Taproom should hopefully be open by spring. Uh, and, you know, then we're just looking at expansion from Exciting. there. So, sounds like a great opportunity to come up and do the Minnesota Beer cast from a remote if you guys have some you know live on you have site a couple free chairs recorded oh. live on yeah. site we're recording on, we'll record on location we decided I'm sure on location. that some, you might know somebody that can take care of that. all right we'll do but that. who we'll discuss the details uh between segments here we're going to take another break you're listening to the minnesota beer cast on am 1130 and 103.5 fm <laughs> We are back for the final segment of the Minnesota Beer Cast. Again, I want to remind you that the uh, IR radio app is really the best way to get the program. It's free. It's easy to download. We've got our very own dedicated channel. All the episodes can be found. Just search Minnesota BeerCast within the iHeartRadio app. We're also available via most other podcast uh, delivery mechanisms, but truly, get the iHeartRadio app. It's the best way to get it. Absolutely. We are here at the Republic for uh, Imperial Black Friday. I'm enjoying, I, I finished up my bent paddle uh, double shot, which is amazing. Uh, now I'm enjoying Modest Lord Humongous. Again, one of my favorite yearly releases uh, that's been coming out. We've got uh, such a fantastic uh, scene here in Minnesota with, uh, with, with the yearly releases, the special releases, everything that comes out. It's really tough to pick off this amazing menu. Well, it's fun. It's, it, it's really great that we have Mark here trying to tie everything into the Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest because this this event today is not too far off from what you guys do. You have some really, really rare stuff, the stuff that's hard to get to, and some really fun personalities there as well. I mean, it's you talked about it earlier, but it's it's an intimate festival. One of the things I enjoy most about the Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest is that you get to come in, hang out. If John from Indeed is there pouring beers, there's not a line 50 people deep where I have to, you know, try to wheeze my way in and say, I need a little, a little bit of that beer. No, I can, I can walk up. I can say hi. I Tell me about your beer. Tell me about your experience. Tell me about everything that is indeed and what you do. It's so fun. Well, and I think I think you nailed it on the head. There is is there aren't lines fifty people long. You don't have to hope that John isn't doing something else or talking to somebody else, and that you have to come back around to talk to him. He's going to be right there, or or, or many of the breweries. Minnesota would be very well represented, but even uh, the national breweries have a lot of people coming in. There's a lot of breweries that uh, send brewers or owners in for the event. Um, we're pretty we're pretty fortunate in that sake. But for the attendee, they get to come and they can they can ask John a question, and they don't yeah, have to it's, it's hope nice, to track him down. It's nice as 
brewery employees, you know, brewers, whatever, uh, to work that event because you do, it's a, it's a little bit of a slower pace and you end up kind of chit-chatting with people about the beer more often um, rather than some of the just chaotic serving of, say, well, in, in all parts right? north, you know, which is its own beautiful beast, right. of course, but it's nice to kind of have both ends of the spectrum as, well, as brewery and, and workers. And Mark, you, you mentioned between the, the break that one of my, my beer idols has a hand in, in bringing something special to the event. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, well, Garrett Oliver, which which a lot of beer lovers out there know, but, you know, he's he's a brewmaster slash part owner of, of Brooklyn Brewery, you know, one of the, the pioneers of craft beer. And an amazing author, uh, He's got an amazing book. If people don't know about his book, go find it. It's amazing. It'll take you about six months to read, but I mean, but it's well worth it. The program is based off of half of what he writes. Exactly, exactly. He's an amazing guy, and, and Pints for Prostates, our charity for the event, uh, they're very close to, to Brooklyn Brewery and Garrett, and so Garrett actually dug into his own personal cellar for this event, and I'm not. we're not going to release now, but in January we're releasing what he's sending, but he dug into his own personal cellar to send a beer for Northern Lights. Wow. We don't have it confirmed yet whether or not he'll be out here for the event. That That's not to be determined for a while. No, 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 no. Never want to put a pressure on somebody like that. We We'd love to have him, obviously. To We'd love to have him, obviously. Well, if, but if, he, if he is in town, if he does come, we would love to have Garrett Oliver as a guest. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and yeah, we, we definitely want him out here. It, it would be incredible be uh, honor to have him at the event, to have him in town for the week for all the special side Let events that go on. He could no be pressure, on the Bob. Minnesota well, Beer Well, I, I know the Pints of Prostates guys are, are reaching out to him that's, to help him try to get deal. here. It, it is, and, and hopefully we'll get him here. I think, at the very least, it's extremely awesome that he reached into his own personal cellar, pulled something out that uh, Brooklyn's working on right now. It's it's not something that's going to be released to the public for a while. Yeah, I, th I think that it speaks volumes that he actually is thinking about it to what this event is. It's not like your average beer fest where you're going around with little sample cups. Like, you have owners here. You have brewers here. You have the rarest of the rare. You have the coolest people coming out. The food actually is really tasty as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, that, it literally speaks volumes to what this amazing event is. It's worth every single price of the ticket. Well, and I think the event actually speaks volumes to the craft beer community in Minnesota. For sure, you know, yeah, absolutely. An event can only be a successful, an event like this can only be as successful as it is with the craft beer community and the loyalty of the craft beer drinkers in Minnesota. Uh, to, to really put it on, the, on, on a level where people from all over the country want to come in and hang out with our craft beer community. It's my favorite event that we well, do. And one of the, if it wasn't up, for Minnesota, amazing. we wouldn't be able to do this. <laughs> one, one of the things that's, uh, that's undersold about the Rare Beer Fest is you guys do top-notch, next-level food. Do you guys have the menu finalized yet, Mark? Because that's one of the things um, I enjoy most. It's not 100% finalized, but I can tell you that it's going to be even better than last year, and last year was pretty outstanding. Was really last year was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, if you want to get a pair of tickets to this for free, you yeah. can win them. All you got to do is tag MN underscore BeerCast in Twitter, on Twitter, and uh, hashtag RareBeerFest. Yep. And w everybody that tweets that over the course of the next, what, you want to do two weeks? You want to give them two, two weeks? weeks? It's the holiday season. Yeah. It's a holiday. All right. Yeah. right now. It'll be a well, Christmas present to somebody, right? That's right. You're not allowed to. So we'll give you two weeks, and then we will do a random drawing from everybody that's uh, tagged at MN underscore BeerCast and hashtag RareBeerFest. And I will quickly throw it out there that uh, I, I watched the ticket sales go in this morning as, as tickets went on sale at 10 a.m. this morning. It's about a third of the way sold out an hour into ticket sales. I, we're a few hours since then. 
so it could be further. But yeah. don't maybe wait to win tickets. Just buy them, and if you win tickets, then sell them to your buddies. Invite friends. Yeah, well, yeah, totally. Yeah, let's scalp them. It's going to sell out in the next couple weeks. <laughs> are you, Put them on are StubHub. Are these, totally. Are these tickets on sale around town? Yeah, they're available at Stinson Wine, Beer, and Spirits, and then also at Thomas Liquor in St. Paul. Uh, otherwise, online at rarebeerfest.com. And, uh, yeah, they're going to go quick. There's only 750 tickets. We, we keep it intimate for a reason. We want it to be the yeah. best of the best. And it is. The Minnesota History Center, it's an amazing venue. Uh, what you were saying earlier about, you know, it's not – lines aren't 50 uh, deep. I mean, you can you can get a beer nice and quickly. You know, just keep walking around. You'll find plenty of opportunities to, to get a quick pour and – Everything there is really good. And you get to rub elbows with some of the biggest names in craft beer around maybe, the country like Schmitty, and also right? here in Minnesota. Well, I'm just big. I'm not a Support big Support pints for prostates. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's yeah. a no-brainer. Yeah. If you're, if you're a craft beer enthusiast, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Well, and we should give a quick plug for the uh, th- one of the benefactors of the festival, Pints for Prostates. Uh, last year, I believe I shared my shared my beard for a, a, a sizable donation. You to did. The, to the, and uh, I've, I've kept it nice and clean and trimmed since then. Because you don't want me to do it I again. I don't want you to do yeah, it again. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it back. But, uh, you know. But the other thing is, one thing they did last year, they set the record for, uh, so they'll do uh, uh, prostate cancer testing on event, on yeah, site. Yeah. Last year we set a record for Pints for Prostate's events. They did uh, over 47 or 43 took, or something like that. I took advantage like that. of that. I know, a lot yeah, of jokes. exactly. I'm, I'm going to do it this year. I got too busy last year, but. I took uh, the test. I'm good. Take advantage good of it. Support Pints for Prostates. It's a big deal. Like, yeah. Yeah, big I deal. Mean, Cheers to that. Absolutely. If, if, if you know uh, a man in your life, and you probably do, odds are if he lives long enough, he will get prostate cancer. So it's a very worthwhile cause. Um, and, and whether you go to the beer fest or not, I highly suggest you, uh, you check him out because it's, it's doing good. Good people doing good. And we are uh, just about out of time. Thank you, uh, Sarah. Thank you for Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Really yeah. appreciate it. Mark. Thanks, boys. Always, always a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks to Republic for uh, for hosting us. Absolutely. A phenomenal event. Yeah, uh, get down here. Can't just, wait. Just, just if you're listening again. to this, just get down here. Yeah. All right. I think it's time about wrapping up. I've got a couple cigars putting a hole in my pocket, and I've got some stuff to go with them. Have a great uh, weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week with an all-new edition of the Minnesota this Beercast. Cheers. Happy Thanksgiving. See ya. to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow.